Open your Bibles, if you would now, to uh, the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 25. And we've made our way as we've been looking at this um, kingdom lifestyle. We've been trying to examine what it is that the individual who, who is born again by the Spirit of God, who claims to be part of the kingdom of God, how that person acts, how they, how they react. And, uh, you know, there are, uh, there are times when, when we allow ourselves to get back into the flesh and we start to act and react in, in ways that aren't necessarily revealing of the person of Jesus Christ. It doesn't appear that we are a member of the kingdom of God when we act a certain way uh, and we allow ourselves to get into those modes. Uh, and so as we get into this study and we're coming toward the tail end of it, uh, one of the things in this Olivet Discourse that are through these latter chapters of Matthew uh, that we s- seem to find over and over again is Jesus referring to what the kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of God is this uh, thing that is to come in the future, but it is something that we ought to apply to our lives now. And you've heard me say things like this. If you don't enjoy singing, you're not going to like heaven. Because the kingdom of God, there's going to be singing. There's going to be praises. We're going to be shouting about our Lord and our Savior. If you don't enjoy prayer time here on earth, you're really not going to like heaven. Because it's going to be an eternity of constant communication with our Lord. If you don't like learning from the Word of God about God and drawing closer to God, beloved, you're not going to want to go to heaven. Because that's what heaven is going to be. Heaven is all about uh, the, the opportunity for us to grow closer to the Lord. We're going to be with Him. We're going to be hand in hand with Him. We're going to be walking with Him. We're going to be talking with Him. We're going to be praising Him. If you don't enjoy that now, uh, brothers and sisters, you just, you just need to hang it up. I've had people tell me before, I just don't enjoy the Word of God. The, the Bible tells us in the book of John that in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Later in verse 14, it says, and the Word became flesh. If you don't enjoy the Word of God, how are you going to enjoy a, an eternity with Jesus? Well, I just don't enjoy praying. <laughs> you got an eternity of it coming. And so it, it's, it's vastly important for us to understand what Jesus is trying to teach us in this. The kingdom of heaven is like this. Well, I don't enjoy forgiving people. I don't want to do that. <laughs> the kingdom of heaven is, is all about forgiveness. Well, I don't enjoy submitting. I like to be in charge. That submission word, I don't, I don't like that, preacher. The kingdom of heaven is about submission. I can't lay my pride down. I struggle with this. I just can't lay my pride down. The kingdom of heaven is about humility. But we have so many people, sadly, there are so many people who have made salvation only about the streets of gold and the mansions just over the hilltop. And Jesus was trying to correct that. He says, wait a second. The kingdom of heaven is about me. If we don't like Jesus here on earth, why in the world would we want to go to heaven? 
And so it's important for us to get into this passage as we look at some of these things here because I believe there's a large body of people, understand what I'm saying here, a large body of people that want to do things for Jesus, honestly. There are a lot of people in churches today who they they want to do something great for Christ. But the question really comes down to, do they want to do what they want to do for Christ or do they want to do what he wants them to do? There's a big difference. You know, I was, I was doing some shopping and uh, my wife was out of town and I took my daughter, my oldest, it was just me and her and we went out and we're, we're going to find mom's birthday present. I already had in my mind several things that I wanted to do. I wanted to get her a birthday present and I go to the mall and I'm looking and I'm thinking, this is what I want. And then I started to think to myself, maybe she doesn't want it. And so then I went to another store and we would look around and like, let's find something for your mom. And we'd look. And... You know what my wife likes? Shopping. She likes to shop. And so I looked at my daughter and I said, babe, now think what you want of me. Judge me all you want. I bought her a gift card. You, you should never buy your wife a gift card. There's nothing, there's nothing personal about that. Beloved, My wife would rather the gift card because if I go buy it, she probably won't wear it. She'll take it back anyway. And so I said, babe, here's a gift card. I'm going to take you shopping. And that's what I did. You see, it was not what do I want to give her because I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you, I don't want to give a gift card. There you go. Put a lot of thought into that. Yeah, (laughs) I don't want to do that but I know what she would have wanted. This is what we do to Jesus. I'll do for you what I want to do for you. But the moment he wants us to do something, eh, they're a little demanding. Have you ever thought of that? Have you ever thought Jesus is kind of demanding, isn't he? God expects a lot, doesn't he? Stand with me, if you would, as we read through this passage. Let's stand for the, for, out of respect for the Word of God. And let's just see if I can kind of draw a couple connections here this morning. Look with me at Matthew chapter 25. And we're going to start reading in verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven, there's that statement. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. To every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he, uh, then he that had received the five talents, went and traded with the same, and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. And he, but he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And, he, and so uh, he that had the five talents came and brought forth other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto, unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. 
He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two talents beside them. And his Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art an hard man reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there is thou, there thou hast that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not and gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall it be taken away, even that which he hath. And, shall, and cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is some heavy language, folks. Some heavy language. We need to pay attention. Father, open our minds and our eyes this morning that we may see you clearly. It's in your name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. You know, sometimes, and maybe I'm the only one that's ever thought this way, but sometimes it seems that God can be rather harsh and demanding. It appears that way, at least on the surface. I mean, think about this for just a moment. When Ananias and Sapphira lied about, uh, about giving money uh, to the church, has anybody else ever lied? I'm the only one, huh? Wow, y'all are holy. Anybody else ever lied before? How would you like to come in and, 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 and drop dead because you lied? Am I the only one that kind of wondered at some point in time? You know, I'm like, wow. Well, they just bragged a little bit. It's all they were. That's what you know. I look at them. They were just bragging. Who hasn't embellished somewhat? You know. But they walk in the church and boom, dead. She comes in, does the same thing. Boom, dead. Ooh. Well, I'm I'm glad I wasn't a member of that church. Well, I wonder how many times I'd have dropped dead over and over again. What about, what about Achan? Achan goes and he, 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 uh, he takes some Babylonian garments and he takes them and he hides them under his tent. And then the people of Israel go out and, and they, they lose this battle. And what, what's God say? Take him and his family out. Stone him. What? All of them? Kill them? I mean, don't you think that, I mean, I, I read some of these stories sometimes and I'm like, man, Lord, kind of harsh, aren't you? What about Jesus' call? He says, uh, he said to the rich young ruler, he said, go sell everything you have and follow me. Well, this poor fella, he had a lot of stuff. I mean, that, it's one thing for me to sell everything I have. It won't take that long. I and mean, really, to be honest with you, most people won't want it. But this guy had a lot of good stuff. What about Jesus' statement? He says, unless you're willing to leave your father and mother, hate them for my sake. He 
you're not worthy of the kingdom of God. Wow. That's pretty heavy stuff, isn't it? Well, it's important for us to, to get confronted with some of those things because we need to see the why behind the what. We need to understand what's going on and the heartbeat of Jesus in all of this. Here we have in Matthew chapter 25, we have another example of something. You know, here's this poor guy. I mean, all he did was, you know, try to, try to, try to hoard it and bogart it. And he wanted to make sure that, you know, I don't know about you, but if you've ever played the stock market any amount of time, I mean, just look at the investments today. And it's a holy cow pies. We haven't gained money in forever. We're losing money. And, you know, I don't want to, this is, this, is, this is somebody else's money, and I'm going to kind of put it off to the side. You kind of feel a little bad for him at, at the first start. I mean, he had it just ripped away from him. At least he didn't lose it, right? We're going to take a look at that this morning and see if we can understand a little bit better about what's going on. You see, we love to hear good job. We love to hear good job, don't we? Am I the only one that likes to hear good job? Oh, come on. A bunch of pious gas bags. You know what it's like to bust your tail and work really hard at something and nobody says, you did well. You did well. We had Vacation Bible School, Family VBS this past week, and I loved it. I heard several people, and I made sure to let Jesse know, and you did a great job. did a great job. You know, it, it, let's just be honest, that, that feels good. But, you know, here's the problem. Uh, we have, we have uh, gotten ourselves to the place where it's like, oh, well, you know, I don't want to be patted on the back. I don't want people to let me know they did it. You know, let, I don't want all that. I don't want man's applause. I want God's applause. And that's a wonderful thing. But we have gotten to the place where we think any sort of accolade or any sort of pat on the back must be wrong to where we just shun away from it and shy, shy away. But the, the sad thing is we, we begin to mask our laziness as humility and we forfeit the blessing that God desires for us to experience. We forfeit that. I, I want you to notice with me what it, what it uh, says here uh, in um, verse 21. Note this with me. The one that had gained extra five, his Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Don't tell me that that's not somebody getting the pat on the back. Good job. And so it's not a bad thing to, to, to hunger after that. I think the motivation behind why we hunger it is what we need to look for. We need to understand that. But we try to appear many times more humble than we really are. Uh, it can be difficult. Pastor, can, you know, I'm sure he understands this. You know, people will come up, oh, that was a good sermon, Pastor Andy. Oh, well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And all the time in the back of your mind, nobody says good job, and you're wondering, did I really flop? Yeah, you, you preach, and everybody just kind of stares at you, you know. Did I? Okay, just want to make sure I'm okay here. And they just kind of look at you, and they give you that look, come on, preacher man, dance for me. And nobody says anything, and you just kind of wonder, did, you know, did, I, did, I, did I really mess that one up? I mean, what in the world did I do wrong? But then, you know, so there's a part, as a pastor, you know, and when you're preaching, it's like somebody in the background says, amen, and really it's because they fell asleep and somebody nudged them in the, in the and the, amen. And that wasn't the part, you know. But then, you know, you walk away from it, and nobody says anything, and you just kind of wonder. So there's a part of you that's like, I, I need to know if what I did was okay, but then there's another, I'll praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah, that's, that's, it's, it's all him. Which is it? You know, we do things for the Lord. We serve him out of a love for him. Nobody says anything. 
did we really serve him for him? But then there's those other times where that pat on the back, man, it energizes me. I know I did good. I know I served him well. I'm going to do it again. But sometimes we, we try to mask our laziness as humility when really all the while we've just been burying. Oh, well, I don't want to be out in the front. I don't want to be out in the front. Another idea I'd like to kind of toss out there is this. When we are kids, we begin to become competitive. Have you ever noticed that? We, we get competitive. Everyone fights for the biggest piece of cake. Uh, if you get a candy, uh, some candy at Halloween or what have you, trick-or-treating, don't hate me because they, we don't go trick-or-treating. That's okay. Just go to the store and buy them a treat. I don't care. But everyone fights for the biggest piece. You know, they, they want to get the front seat in the car. And yeah, I get a dead dibs on front seat. Shotgun! Yeah. We get to the place where... <laughs> When we grow older and more dignified, we don't fight like that anymore. We let somebody else have the front seat in the car and then complain about it later. Yeah. <laughs> I'm humble. You can have the front seat. Unless you just turn around and be humble and give me the front seat. Yeah. But here we are a couple weeks ago. We looked at the... Uh, uh, beginning portion of this chapter in chapter 25 in the, the, the ten virgins. Five of them wise, five of them foolish. The foolish ones ran out of oil and they said to the five wise, give us some of your oil. And they said, nope. I mean, we look at those kind of things and we are, our first instinct is, well, that's kind of selfish. Their desire, first and foremost, was to be part of the family. Part of the wedding party. They wanted that connection first. But now we get into, right on the heels of that, we get into this story, this parable of the talents. And so we're going to kind of look at this closely here this, this morning. It's important to note, as we have done before, that this is Matthew is a kingdom book. And it's written by a Jewish man to Jewish readers. So whenever we see things like the servant, it's talking specifically to those who are, uh, those who are Jews. And, and uh, there was an, a, an understanding that they were servants and they had a master, which was Jehovah God, Adonai. And that's what we, we kind of come back to, because if we're not careful, you can come up with some false doctrine. Here's one of the servants that had his stuff taken away from him, and he was cast out into outer darkness. This is not saying that this was a saved individual who had their salvation ripped away and they were thrown out. That's not what's being said. It's talking specifically, the, the immediate uh, uh, interpretation of this, the word of God and the, the, the truth of who God is was given to the Jewish people and the Pharisees had become this guardian of, that, of the law and they had buried it back and they had completely forgotten about the heart of the law. They wanted to make sure nothing was changed so that when the Messiah finally came, they could say, look, we protected it and guarded it. <laughs> but you didn't use it. You didn't follow it. You didn't build your lives on the truth behind it. So this is what we've got in this passage. So it's important for us to understand the immediate interpretation. But now let's take a look quickly at the application. I'm going to go through this fast unless you all want to be here till two. 
let's unpack it very quickly here. You've got, first off, some obvious roles. Many Christians today have, have rejected the idea that we are servants of Christ. That's a big one for us to get quickly. We're so afraid of the term slave that we have become entitled people. The word servant that is found here is the Greek word doulos, which is literally translated a bond slave. Someone who had, had, had been uh, working off a of debt, but they had become to the, come to the place where they fell in love with the family. They wanted to stay in part of that family, stay in that employee. And so they attached themselves permanently to the master. And so realize the role of servant represented here and realize also the role of master that is given. If you were to look in Ephesians chapter 5 verses 25 through 33, it talks about husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And then he talks about that the, the Jesus wants to present the church to himself, a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. God expects us to show the same kind of care for, uh, for the things he has entrusted to us that Jesus does. Jesus he cares for the church. He, 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 he goes out of his way to provide. He gives himself for the church. And this is something that we've got to understand. We've got to embrace. And Jesus made the statement this way back in John chapter 6. He says, all that the Father has given me, I will lose nothing. He takes very seriously what has been entrusted to him. Do we? Do we take seriously what has been entrusted to us? The word of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the truth of who he is. Do we take it seriously? Have we completely missed the role? Beloved, you are a servant of God. A bond slave if you are born again by the spirit of God. And he is the master Second, there are differing abilities. It is not the talent that is given to the servant that the master praises. Rather, it is what the servant does with what has been entrusted to him. That's what the master praised. You know, this idea of a talent, and I'm sure if you've been in church for any amount of time, you know what this is all about. A talent was a measure of money. It was a, it's about 75 pounds. A talent is about 75 pounds. We don't know whether it was gold or silver. I just kind of looked up, just to, did a little bit of math. If it was silver, then a talent by today's standards would be about $26,000. If it was gold, it'd be about $2,152,000. The master entrusted something valuable to these servants. But note quickly, we're not told, uh, we're not told exactly the, what it was that he was given, but we do know that they were given various amounts. One was given five of these talents, one was given two of the talents, and one was given one of the talents. Uh, we know this, and perhaps the master knew each individual's ability. He knew what they were capable of handling. Listen, I'm just here to tell you, don't, don't give me $26,000 and then expect me to handle it for you. I'm just telling you, you'll end up with gumballs and Snickers, okay? But some people, you give it to my wife, and you'll end up with Gucci and Prada. You'll, you'll have the best of the best, and then you'll have tons of money left over, and you'll probably make money on the deal. 
I've watched her at the grocery store make money. I don't know how that's possible. But I've watched it. The coupons and the sale items. And the, the lady at the register looks and she says, I owe you a dollar. I've watched it. It's amazing. Everybody's different. Everybody's abilities are different. Everybody's comfort level is different. So we don't know exactly why. But what we do know is this. What we do see is that it is not the talent given to the servant, but what he does with it. Now, all men, understand this, all men are not, not equal in their talents. They're not. But they can be equal in their effort. And this is the thrust of the, of the message. God puts it out there. There are some who are the Jeremiah's who prophesy. Then there are some who are the Baruch's who read the prophecy. And this is what we've got in this. There are different talents and abilities all throughout the, the kingdom of God. What are you doing with yours? Next, slothfulness is condemned. Many in the church are guilty of being the one-talent servant. They do little or nothing. And as a result, the work is increased to those who do. Notice what happened. The one that had the one talent, the guy that had ten talents, I mean, he's busy. He's busy. He's got his hand in several things. And the guy who hits one talent, he's just sitting around doing nothing. And the master comes and he says, I'm going to take that off and I'm going to give it to this guy over here who's really busy. And there's a lot of people in churches today who are the one talent guys sitting around doing nothing with what God has given them. And the people who are over here, the ten talent guys, who are trying to do the best that they can to serve God and to honor God with the gifts that they've been given, now have to pick up the slack from this guy over here. You see, God doesn't want that. He would much rather this one talent guy try and fail than not try at all. You see, the real issue is that of self-preservation. We're more concerned with what will happen to us than what has God called us to do. Beloved, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 tell us that we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. So often, we allow ourselves to become the one-talent guy. But then I want you to notice, and this is really where we're going to bring everything to a head. I want you to notice the master's approval. The praises of this world are of little value in comparison to hearing the maker of heaven and earth say, Well, I don't know about you, but I want to hear that. I want when I reach, when I reach heaven and I see my Savior face to face, I want to hear him say, well done. 
I don't want to hear him say, you didn't do what I asked you to do over here. You ignored this problem over there. You were lazy with that over here. You, you, you put your uh, time and effort into serving. This is one of the reasons why, I mean, and people know, I, I can be such a book nerd and so uh, just engrossed. I mean, I will spend 10 to 20 hours sometimes putting a sermon together. Be like, why you put so much effort into it? Because I want to know that when I stand before him, he doesn't say, why did you waste your time? Why didn't you put a little bit of more thought and effort into it? It's my word son I want to hear him say well done good and faithful servant the master's approval C.S. Lewis said of this when I begin to look into the matter talking about the divine accolade he said I was shocked to find such different Christians such as Milton Johnson and Thomas Aquinas having uh, taking uh, heavenly glory quite frankly in the sense of uh, frame or good report but not fame conferred by other, our fellow creatures fame with God He says or might I say approval or appreciation by God and then when I had thought it over, I saw that this view was scriptural. Nothing can eliminate from the parable of the divine accolade. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Is that what you hunger to hear? Is that the desire of your heart? Are you looking for that praise from him? It's not wrong. To seek it from man, it's a different story. But to seek it from him, that ought to be the goal in the heartbeat of every believer. I got to the place where this passage punched me in the gut. Here recently, I'd, I had been confronted by God himself. He said, that's you, the one talent guy. I'm preaching every Sunday. I'm pastoring a church. You're the one talent man. I remember thinking, I'm just, a, I'm just a simple preacher. Just a lowly pastor. <laughs> I am called by God to represent the King of Kings. And the Lord of Lords. If you're born again by the Spirit of God, this is what we say. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, beloved, you have been justified. You are a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That ought to move you. That ought to excite you. I'm royalty. I have been brought up and placed to seat in heavenly places. It's okay. Be thankful. Be thankful. The privilege of proclaiming His glorious wonder for the rest of my days. Why would I bury that? But I want you to notice that the reward is the same to the one with two and the one with five. Just because somebody has five and you've only got two or one doesn't mean that the, uh, the reward is any less. Verse 21, 
His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Look at verse 23. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. The reward is the same to the one with much or the one with little. The reward is adoration and praise from God himself. So let's look at this very seriously. Because I want you to be thinking along the lines of you. Don't be thinking about the person off to the left or to the right. Be thinking of yourself. What has God entrusted to you? What has God entrusted to you? Everybody has something that they've been entrusted with. Everybody has something that they have been made a, a, a steward over. Are you using those abilities and seeking to multiply them? Are you seeking to bring him glory in the things that you have been given by him, in the talents, in the gifts? Maybe those talents and gifts are financial. Maybe those talents and gifts are physical. Maybe those talents and gifts are mental. Are you bringing glory and God to him through what he has given you? What about this? There's one talent, there's one ability, there's one gift, there's one thing that has been entrusted to everyone equally, and it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. What are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? It's something I want you thinking about for just a moment. What will it be like? What will it be like when you see the master face to face? Thing will finally be made whole. 
standing face to face what have you done with what God has entrusted to you so we're not talking about working for our salvation you cannot earn your salvation you can't what we're talking about is how your working or your lack of working declares the quality of your faith What are you doing with God, what God has entrusted to you? Because the kingdom lifestyle is not about trying to earn your salvation. The kingdom lifestyle is seeking and working to hear, well done. Will you? Don't waste what God has given to you. 
If you're here this morning and you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have been entrusted with the gospel. What have you done with it? Have you trusted Him as Savior? Or are you just hiding that away? I'll deal with it later. I'll come back to that. Have you trusted Jesus with your whole life? If you have, are you living that way? Are you living the life saying, God, you have given me a little or you've given me a lot. And I'm going to use every breath in my body and every fiber of my being to bring you honor and glory and praise. So I can hear, well done. Don't be guilty of burying. You may not have time to dig it up later. Dig it up today and apply it. Trust Him. Serve Him. Tell others about Him. And divine accolades cannot compare to the one that He utters. Well done. Well done.